Welcome to The Raw, an open, honest, and uncensored talk show about today's issues worldwide with Dan Perkins, Jim Lowe, and IQ Arizoli. Join them each week as they have guests who join in the conversation and give you different perspectives. Once a month, Dan, Jim, and IQ will have a roundtable on subjects they are passionate about. Let's join The Raw. Me ...about all, all the things that he does. And I got to thinking, he's Bill O'Reilly without the temper. He writes commentary. He's got TV. He's he's Bill O'Reilly without the temper. It's amazing. I, I never I would never would have figured that one out. But I don't, <laughs> I'm I'm never going to see a video of Dan Perkins at an airport yelling at a um yelling at flight attendants. Right. No. Be, because won't. they didn't they they didn't get you your seat so you could go on your vacation. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to see that. So. I'm, I'm, but. I understand. I, you know, I see these people who get all upset and they're, and they're basically, they're full of themselves. And, um, yes. uh, I, I, I don't take myself too seriously. I just have, <laughs> have a good time doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's do this. Uh, earlier today, while I was, uh, on the treadmill at the gym, I heard, uh, they had Fox News on, of course, and they had uh, apparently Joe Biden gave some gave some comment before he got on the helicopter and said, I've done all I can do on the border. Then he turned around and walked away. <laughs> then I interviewed a guest earlier today. And during uh, and what, what was amazing was I interviewed this guest while he was he was standing in uh, Israel. And he had a thing go off, in, I guess, in his earpiece that said there had been some rockets launched. And then right before we came on the air officially, IQ Al-Rizzoli asked uh, Dan Perkins, do you think that Biden will do anything with, with Iran? So, Dan, let's start with you. Which okay. one of those three you want to start with? <laughs> <laughs> I just have a quick question for IQ. Just a yes. pure curiosity. Are you there, sir? I am here. Do you have a black shirt on? I have a black shirt on, yes. Three black shirts. Hmm, okay. You can see two movies. <laughs> you can't see the third one. Yes. You can't see IQ, but I've got a black shirt, and Perkins has a black shirt. If you're watching us on any of our uh, video places, Clout Hub, BitChute, Rumble, or uh, YouTube when, when, when they allow us to upload things. But, but the, I, I got um, a notification the other day from a video that we did three years ago. Uh, it was IQ and Dan and me, and they, uh, they flagged it because IQ made some comment about ivermectin. And he just made a comment about ivermectin. He didn't, he didn't endorse it. He didn't anything. And they flagged it for medical misinformation. Hmm. So... <laughs> I don't really know what is going on with YouTube anymore, but okay. uh, so Dan, your question. Go ahead, my friend. Um, I did, uh, and I'm going to get this woman's contact information for you, Jim. Okay. I did an interview this afternoon with Dr. Rachel <clears throat> Aaronfield. Ah. And she has just published a book. On the young Mr. Soros. Yes. And she includes in her press material an a email that Mr. Soros has put out. 
And uh, he talks about they have to do whatever is necessary to get rid of Trump. At the top of the email, there are two photographs. On the left-hand side is a piece of glass, like a window, that has clearly had a bullet shot through it. On the right-hand side is a, a human fist, a man's fist, with $47 in it. If Trump gets reelected, he would be reelected as the 47th president. So the two images are kill 47. She's a, an amazing writer. She was saying Biden is not going to confront Iran because Soros, who has great influence in the Middle East and in the United States, wants to disrupt and destroy the Middle East and rebuild it in his likeness. Biden is in the line of Democrats going back to Bill Clinton, who have been against Israel in favor of, of um, Iran, even though it's a, a state sponsor of terrorism, that they're beholden to, the Democratic Party in the US is beholden to Soros financially and politically so that he doesn't, she doesn't believe that Biden is going to do anything material against Iran. Wow. What do you think, IQ? What do you think, IQ? Without Soros even, he will not do it. He is, as you said, like Obama, beholden to Iran. They support the Iranian version of his, the Middle East. <clears throat> Obama I, did the same. Okay, but, but I mean, let me tell you, I asked her a question which she was clearly uncomfortable getting and really didn't want to answer it. So I took her off the hook. I said, you said earlier in the program that Soros Jr. has $29 billion to work with. And he's using it to fund operations in the United States to destroy the United States. And he's also working in the Middle East, spreading money like wildfire. So I said, do you think it's possible that one of the reasons why Joe Biden has left the border alone is that he and or his family is getting money from Soros to do just that, do nothing. And she was clearly uncomfortable and really didn't want to answer the question. So the, no, the, answer, the lack of answer to me was the answer that I think she feels that there is money in the deal, but the money goes back to Bill Clinton. Clinton, Obama, Biden have all been supporters, tacit supporters of Egypt, but real supporters of the radical Muslims in the Middle East. When you got that kind of money to spread around, you can buy a lot of influence. And he, she believes that they own a good chunk of the Democratic Party in the United States. No problem. It most probably is true. But Ilhan Omar, even after all the revelations, is still in America. You know, James, I told you on your show a million times, it is impossible, and I repeat the word impossible, for any Sharia-compliant Muslim to be both a good Muslim and a loyal citizen in a non-Muslim country. I told you a million times, not you, the American people, 
<laughs> but they're too stupid to understand what I'm telling them. They're too anyway. stupid to understand. But they are, they are. How, how is it conceivable she's still in Congress and in America? Tell me, please, how is that possible? Well, I would say that Dr. Rachel would say that the American people are just coming around because they didn't want to acknowledge that they knew anything up until we hit the 300,000 mark of illegals coming into the country. She's saying that that Americans, by and large, rank and file, don't want to get involved. They don't want to get involved because they're stupid. That's why I'm getting at. How is it conceivable not to be involved when the future of your children and grandchildren is in jeopardy? I want to know. That's well, what I want. But, but, but IQ, let me give you a, a, a factoid. I believe it's a factoid. Joe yeah. Biden's president presidency turned negative when those American soldiers and sailors were killed in Afghanistan as they were trying to exit the country. And that's when everything fell apart for Joe Biden. That's when he has, he has had his high water mark and he's been downhill ever since then. We now have another situation where American soldiers, three, and now they're saying, now the headlines are saying 40 and possibly more have been injured, some of them quite seriously. So the the question is, are the American people going to react to this thing that happened in Syria the way they reacted to Afghanistan? And my my belief is, IQ, that the reason why Joe had some level of support that he promised the American people that they would not put American soldiers in harm's way so that there weren't body bags coming into Delaware of American soldiers. Well, we know there's at least three going to be coming in. And so I I can't tell you, IQ, what the number is. Something less than 12, because that's that's when it turned before. If it, if it happens again, if if we have the terrorist organizations, as I heard today, say they're going to go after more and more Americans in Syria and, 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 and other places, especially American soldiers, at some point in time, there's a number somewhere between three and 12 when he's going to have a problem because he put them there. He put those men and women in those positions. He didn't specifically assign them but he delegated to the absentee secretary of the, of the defense uh, to assign people to go to these particular bases and, and, and protect them. So I think you're, this, the, the, timing on, the timing on this, depending upon your perspective, timing on this from the standpoint of, uh, uh, of the left was terrible. The optics of this is, does not look good. And the, every day that he goes and doesn't respond, the optics get worse. And now you've got Democrats in the Senate and in the House who are asking the question, what's the delay? When are you going to do something? And so his party is somewhat beginning, people in his party are beginning to turn on him. So this is going to turn out to be a disaster. And I think his, his staff was not prepared for this. 
and they they're like deer in the headlights. They don't know what to do. They don't, they don't know. They haven't figured out what is the best possible outcome for this for them, and so they're they're holding back, and they're hopeful that they won't do something else. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and jcarolpublishing.com or through your local bookstore. Get it read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. Question again. I mean, you can find analysis from here to eternity. The Iranian proxies have attacked 160 targets in, of American targets since 7th of October. Right. 160, causing damage and injury. It didn't kill, but damage and injury. How many times does an enemy attack you before you decide they want to destroy you? Well, how many times? Well, see, I, let, let me let me rephrase your question to the uh -huh. question that I asked in my current events class on Monday, yesterday. Okay. Yeah. I said, ladies and gentlemen, tell me how many Americans have to die in the Middle East before America gets really angry at Joe Biden. Nobody had a number, some number, but they don't, they didn't know what the number is. I said, if they got really pissed off at 12 and we got three, so it's got to be a number somewhere between three and 12. It's a tremendous, you know, I was, when I was interviewing Dr. Rachel today, I said, doctor, is, is can, can you help me with a rationale of why Joe Biden, the number they're talking about today is 10 million people allow 10 million illegals to come into the country and do nothing about it. And her response was, I don't think he cares how many come in. And I was a senator this, this afternoon as I was driving back to the house who said the illegal population is equal to all the states in New England. The number of illegals that have come into the country that we know of so far is equal to the total population of New England. That's a crazy thought. So it's, you know, it's, it's, I've said all along on your show and everyone's Jim, that, that illegal immigration is going to be the number one issue. It's not going to be abortion. It's going to be illegal immigration and it gets worse. You know, it took them a month to report the December number and they did it on purpose because they knew the December number was going to be over 300,000 illegals who came in. I think there's more people coming in in January than there came in in December. So they're going to probably play around with the number again and wait until almost March before they release the January number. From what I can see at the border, amazing. The, the whole, quote, border security law that he, who wants, he wanted to get passed by last Friday, which didn't happen, he seems to be ignoring for some reason 
that the Speaker of the House says, if you bring that bill over from the Senate, it's dead on arrival. It ain't going to happen. He doesn't seem to understand that or care. Um, and, and so, you know, mm. I, I just look at it. An interesting point, IQ, for you. I asked Dr. Rachel, did this, did the Soros Initiative start in the United States in 95 and has worked its way through? She said, no, it didn't start in the United States. She surprised me. She said it started in Britain in 1993. What, allowing immigrants? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Britain is literally sinking in illegals at the moment. But something I want to remind both of you, somehow it escaped your attention. Before he was elected, it's on YouTube, Biden said, that America has to change with a huge number of illegals. He said it, and he will allow it. He said it, it's on YouTube. I don't know if you don't, why don't you remember it? I swear to you. He was extremely clear that he will have open borders. He said it before he was elected. Yeah, I heard, it. I heard him being quoted. In the first 100 days of my administration, no illegal will be deported. Okay. But he said before that, that he will allow open borders. And nobody paid attention to it. He is allowing it. But under the Constitution, I keep going back to the Constitution that everybody talks about. He's a traitor. <laughs> but he's a traitor. The first definition of the commander-in-chief is to protect the borders of the state. He is not. He is betraying the borders of the state and is trying to force the individual states, which are independent, not to close the borders, which compounds his treason. And nobody does anything. I, all I hear is legal, legalities and legal terms, which are full of bullcrap anyway. I, I just, I don't see where, how do you get people to believe that what he's doing relative to the border is the best thing for this country? I don't understand how we're throwing children out of school so we can convert the schools into shelters for refugees. We're using airport hangers and airport lobbies and on and on and on because we have no room at the end, as they said to Jesus and Mary and Joseph. I don't think it's stupidity, IQ. I, 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 I think that, that they, the, the left has successfully torn apart this country, pitched brother against brother, uh, in order to achieve their objectives. And the, the other part of the country that doesn't want to do that. Now, I have, I have hope on one front. I've started a campaign to close the public schools, all of them. And Good luck to you. Huh? Good luck to you. Good luck to you. No, I mean it. Good luck oh. to you. Because well, the public well, schools, the way you exactly were the indoctrination of every generation of America started. Let me, let, me, let me give you a couple of numbers. These numbers blew me away. 1,400, 1,400 school districts in the state of California that had 
20% or more decline in population in the 2023-24 school year. 20% or more. There are school districts that are actually closing schools because they don't have enough people to keep them open. And we have 163,000 people in the classroom trying to teach our children in the country who have no certification as a teacher. 163,000. We have schools that are, there's a story in my, in my story about a school district that had built a scenario that they would have 60, 65,000 students in this school system. And when they counted the enrollment after September of 2023, there were 1,200 that didn't show. Well, in, in most states, the school districts are funded by tax revenue from the county, the city, and the state government with a small amount coming from the federal government. That, that they lost $8 million plus in funding, which means they had to discontinue programs and they had to lay off some teachers. And yet we have a situation where we have children who can't even graduate and read at third grade level. So the, I, what I did is I used, I used FDR's tactic that he used when the banks were, there were runs on the banks in the depression. He closed all the banks, federalized them, and people could get money out. I think what we've got to do is close the schools and start over again. And what we have to do is we have to start with establishing curriculum committees that are made up not only of teachers, but teachers, parents, teachers, uh, people from um, uh, homeschool situations and charter schools. And they have to take a look at the curriculum. And if they decide it's got to go, it goes. And they're going to start off with a basic fundamental education system that will allow a child when they graduate from high school, they can read and write and spell and do math so that they can get a job and take care of themselves. And so I, I think that we have to say, we got to get rid of all the crap in the criteria in the curriculum that has nothing to do to basic skills that our children need to learn because we're falling further and further behind from other civilized nations around the world in terms of our execution. So if we can, if we have to close the schools and start over again, we have to do that. Because what's happened, Jim, the charter schools now have approximately 3.8 million students in them. Homeschool has 3.7 million. Either one of those groups is greater, greater than the top five school districts in the country, meaning New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Miami-Dade, and Broward County. Those are the five largest school districts. And the total population of those five school districts is less than either one of the other two alternatives. So people are, people are moving. People are taking their children out of the school system because they don't like, it took a long time to get in there, Jim, 
but I think it's going to continue to gen generate momentum. And if I can help push the ball down the hill, I will, I will do that because we can't continue. What the hell's going on? I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and jcarrollpublishing.com or through your local bookstore. Get it, read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. We've got the president of three very prestigious colleges who can't answer a congressman yes or no. Is it wrong to go after and to, and to the idea that it's okay to kill the Jews in Israel? It's okay to do that, and we're gonna protest the right for the Hamas to be able to do that? And it's okay under the code of contact within American universities. And the three women can't answer the question yes or no. And I watched that testimony more than once. And they will, they could not answer the question. It's like it's like when the, the the new Supreme Court justice was asked to define what a woman was, she couldn't. She wouldn't, and she couldn't. So what we're dealing with is a is a is a group of people that have their own agenda. And they're in control of the country. And we're beginning the, the match to wrestle the school system, to wrestle the, the Congress and other governmental bodies away from the liberal contingents and the progressive side and, and try and do the best we possibly can for our children. The reason the doctor told you the 47th president might be assassinated is simple. Yes. It's very simple, honestly. He is the only person in America who will be able to try and drain the swamp. The only person. And the swamp will not allow him. They will do everything, including assassination, to terminate him. IQ, I did an, an interview on Monday yesterday with a young, with a gentleman who lived in Washington for most, most of his adult life and left quit his job and retired to Maine. He's building in a cabin that he bought on Craigslist, already disassembled, and he's putting it back together. It was built, started in 1780. And he said that, that everywhere you go in Washington, you have a group of people who believe that they're smarter than the rest of the people in the United States. We are not smart enough to make our own decisions, so they have to make them for us because they're smart enough to do that. And he said, that's killing our nation, killing our country. And we have, to, we have to do something about that. And perhaps if Mr. Trump gets in, he can. And I said to him, look, Donald Trump would have four years to try and do something. I don't know that he can get a lot accomplished in four months, four years. So whoever is his vice president, who has the opportunity to run for the presidency for eight years will be the one that will make a difference. 
Trump can start it, but whoever the vice president is, is going to have to finish it. Agreed, 100%. Sounds very, very logical and rational. But he's got to get somebody who will be in his mold, same mentality. America first, America first, America first, and nothing less. So what do you think about Wasami as being his vice president? Who, sorry? What do you think about Rizab? Help me with oh, the, the Indian guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's okay. Better term, the Indian guy. No, he's an Indian. Could have done a a better job of cleaning that up, IQ. (laughs) That Indian guy. It's either it's either that Indian guy or uh, the 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 guy that the pharmaceutical companies uh, helped fund to to run in the primary. It's it's whichever, but I think it's cute to call him the Indian guy. But you know something, I, what I like about him, he's not inhibited. He doesn't care if you call him an Indian guy. By the time he, he's right. Oh, president. he's made so much money through the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, I, I wish I could, in fact, let me see if I can look that up. There was a drug that him and his family, they knew didn't work. And they somehow got the government to fund it. And then <laughs> they took a whole bunch of money. It was it was quite the deal. But uh, personally, I don't think Trump's going to pick him. I don't think he's going to pick Tim Scott. I don't think he's going to pick any of those guys. I I watched that, uh, New I think it was New Hampshire. My, my might have been Iowa. I think it was the Iowa speech. I watched all that where Trump got up there. And he did his typical thing. And then he's like, Bebek, Bebek, come up here and say something nice about me. But you have a minute. <laughs> then he got up there and he talked. And then he was like, oh, well, I got 30 seconds left. And then he went to the side. And then he got Tim Scott up there. And he goes, Tim, come here. Say something nice about me. And all those guys are doing the exact same thing that Chris Christie did the last time that Trump ran for president or ran before re-election where he followed him all over the country and he was his best friend. And there, and we got fun moments such as the planes that way and <laughs> things like this. I think at the end of the day, Trump's not picking any of these people. Dan, go. I, I, if the, the question to, to respond to your, your comment, the, the question, I, rhetorical question I put on the p- table is have we now built the scenario that for some period of time into the future, we will always have a female vice president. If we do, then I think Stefanik would be my choice. It's not a bad choice. It's a very good choice. She's a loyal woman. And she is America first and MAGA. And she's got a temper. And she does. But that's a very important temper. I love them because she, when you say she has a temper, what I'm saying, IQ, is that she has emotion in what she believes. Correct. Some but of these you need to be emotional. You have to be emotional when you care. Right. That's why I lose it on your show, on this show, when somebody is talking against America. I lose it. I have a temper. Why? Because I care. Those who don't care have no temper. They're insipid. They're dead. Jim, you don't think it's going to be uh, Nikki Haley? 
I don't think it's going to be any of them. I think what he's going to do is he's going to get them all the, well, he, he might get Nikki Haley if it's a situation like it was with Pence where he told every, where, where the rumor started that, oh, he's going to pick Mike Pence. And he went on Twitter and he went on all these different TV shows and he's like, I'm not picking Mike Pence. I don't like Mike Pence. And then, as I always like to say, he must have got a phone call. Because then, amazingly, 24 hours later, he goes, I love this Mike Pence. I'm picking Mike Pence. So who knows? Maybe what will happen is at the end of the day, they'll go to him again and they'll say, here's the deal, pal. We'll let you have this nomination. But uh, you got to pick Nikki Haley. And then all of a sudden, he'll reverse everything. And he'll be like, oh, I love Nikki Haley. She was my UN ambassador. She's great. I don't think so. <laughs> but I really hope the Trump that we get is kind of the Trump that we have now where he just does not care. <laughs> That's the Trump I want. I now, what, do you, what do you mean what do you mean when you say he doesn't care? He's he's not gonna let any of these guys influence him. He has all sorts of ideas. Uh, I can't tell you how many people have tried. I'm sure probably told him behind the scenes, hey, you got to back off that. I'm going to be a dictator on day one stuff. And not only does he do it, he says it more. He goes out and he goes, yeah, I'm going to be a dictator on day one because I'm going to send the military to the border. I'm going to round up all the immigrants that, that are illegal. We're going to get them out of here. And Hannity and all these guys, in fact, there is a video that David Pakman put up of Hannity interviewing Trump on Fox, and he asks him three to four times, hey, you want to back off that dictator on day one stuff? And every single time he does it, Trump just reiterates it. And he's like, well, yeah, I am going to be because we're going to fix the border. And then Hannity keeps going back to it and going back to it and going back to it. And finally, they get this shot of Sean, and he's just sitting there like, oh, my God, I'm trying to save this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he just won't shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> and it's just here's here's the thing. Trump, this Trump is going to do whatever he wants, and he is not going to let any of these guys influence him i remember when he when before he picked pence or before he selectively picked pence uh he kept saying he wanted a general he wanted a former military general that's what he wanted he wanted a military general and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he picks the guy that looks like hank hill's dad cotton from king of the hill so <laughs> it just <laughs> I, I, but I, I, I did find that the deal, um, Newsweek did a story on Vivek Ramsley or as our good friend IQ Rizzoli refers to him as the Indian guy, right, uh, right. Ramaswamy funded his campaign through the sale of over $32 million in Roybiant stock options. Uh, Roybiant was based in Bermuda and was thriving, and Ramaswamy is a great entrepreneur, except the company reported a staggering loss of $1.2 billion in its financial report. And uh, Ramaswamy was still at, at uh, the chairman and major shareholder with the company when they reported an annual loss of, I can't even believe this is real, $924.1 million dollars. 
And um, eventually he got out of there. Uh, he, he tells everybody that he got out of there because of, uh, ESG principles and all sorts of things. When in reality, he didn't, mm -hmm. he just left cause they were losing a lot of money. <laughs> but, um, so Dan, uh, yes, sir. I, I, sir, I'm behind me. um, I am trying to figure out. This situation that is going on with the fact that um, the Republicans, uh, they just, they, they want Trump out of there and they want him gone, but they just can't seem to get him to leave. Um, what do you think is going to eventually happen here? Are they going to... Just do some sort of deal where they say, hey, we're just aren't going to give it to you. You just can't. You just can't have it. <laughs> That's not what they're going to eventually have to do. I, 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 all due respect, I cannot imagine what person has the guts and the the, <laughs> the fortitude to, to go see Donald Trump and says, Donald, we love you. But you ain't getting this. We're going to do everything we can to stop you. And I, I can't say on, on your show what I would think Mr. Trump might say, yes. but it would certainly be bleeped on any other network. Um, that's, that's absolutely the wrong thing, in my opinion, to say to Donald Trump, you can't have it because we don't want you to have it. Well, you don't have a right to decide whether I can have it. It's probably what Mr. Trump might say. Um, I, I think that the 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 thing that would probably unnerve him is if somebody said if 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 somebody he trusted went to him and said mr president it won't be good for the country so for the good of the country you need to withdraw and i'm but not yeah. sure that's enough i'm not sure that that would be enough to get him out and i think that's what the author was trying to say is what is that the the Democrats have an idea. If they can't get him through the courts and they can't get him off the ballots, there is still one one option left to how to get rid of them. That's to kill him. But the the, the Republicans can't pull that trigger. There, I don't I don't see them being that vicious that they would make arrangements to have him wiped out as they used to say in the old mob days but <laughs> but but i i think that um it would be i can't even imagine the chaos that would take place in this country if they if they shot and killed donald trump yeah and I'm probably going to have the FBI knocking on my door tomorrow for this, this show, and you too. And they have no idea where IQ is. So they don't know where IQ is at. So you know, him, 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 and his hernia are are fine. Right. But wait, uh, James. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes 
and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and J. Carroll Publishing com or through your local bookstore get it read it tell people about it and write a review on amazon this is dan perkins James, one thing i must commend dan a year and a half ago i think he predicted michelle obama will be put by the democrats to replace biden am i right or am i wrong no and i i'm still saying that i think that that's that's a, a plausible story but I don't think it's going to happen because of both her and Barack's narcissistic tendencies. They are not going to want to give up the, the, the keys to the kingdom to go be president and first and first gentleman. I don't see him wanting to do that. No, what I'm saying, you, you suggested that they will put her in to replace Biden. And yes, this can and, happen. And that's, those are the stories that are coming out of Washington right now. Yeah. He's going into the into the convention. He's going to get nominated. He's going to accept the nomination, and then after the convention, he's going to resign or, or recuse himself. The, and they'll they'll have some kind of a deal with the Democratic National Committee, which will bring in um, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. The question unknown at the moment is: Will will Kamala be the vice president? Or will the Democrats say, two black women, not a good idea. Uh, we, we have to get rid of Kamala. So uh, that, that's going to be a dilemma for them. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised I mean, they, they, that she may give it a thought. But Barack got more power today than he had when he was damn near than he had when he was president. I mean, he's basically calling the shots and his people are calling the shots for Joe Biden. They're making the decision. Joe's not making the decision. The Obama people are making the decision. And there's a great number. And, and also, uh, Dr. Rachel said, what we don't know or we're not being told of the significant number of Soros people who are in the senior management of the White House. Yep. There's a lot of them. Funnily enough, when talking about assassination, it's much easier to put a bullet in Soros than anybody else. So no, why is nobody doing it? Well, I, I, I told this reporter when I was interviewing with her, I said, look, when I was watching Donald Trump come down the escalator when he was said he was going to run for the nomination for the Republican Party for president. And I listened to his first speech and not too, not too soon or not too long after I heard that speech and a couple of others, I said to my partner at the time, who shall go nameless, um, that he, he's going to win. But I believe they're going to take him out. And so I wrote a commentary about that, about assassination. 
And I sent it off to my friends before I sent it out. They said, you can't send that. The FBI will be on your ass in a heartbeat. You know, you, you, you can't suggest it. So I have a friend and there's a contact in the FBI. And I said, I need a piece of information. He said, what do you want? How many, how many threats of assassination has there been? This was now, this was after the election, before the inauguration. Okay, yeah. that's the time frame. How many th- assassination threats have there been against Donald Trump? And you know what he said? 14,000. Jeez. <laughs> wow. 14,000. 14, so um, I'm sure there's a hell of a lot more than that now. I, but, I would almost assume. But, but you know, the, the point is, at some point in time, I said to somebody recently in an interview, and you may, Jim, you may remember this, and IQ, you remember it. Do you remember when Anwar Sadat was watching and, and walking th- through uh, a review of soldiers? And the soldiers, one of the soldiers in the line, Took out, took out his rifle and aimed it at Sadat. Do you remember that? Yeah, go on. The next, the next, I have a, an interview that I'm finishing up where this particular person says, we had, we had the uh, FBI and the CIA tried to get rid of, of Trump with, with all the stuff, uh, uh, the things he supposedly done with Ukraine and all that. Then we had him with Hillary was trying to get rid of him with the Russia collusion and all that stuff. So the judiciary looks like they're trying to get rid of Trump, but they may not get rid of him. So the only part of the government left that hasn't tried to get rid of Donald Trump and could if he becomes president is the military. Yep. In America today, I put nothing beyond them. The level of stupidity. You, I know you don't like the idea I'm saying, but the level of stupidity of the American people is immense and catastrophic. For you to tell me that the media, the media, the media, listen, you watch the media, you listen to the media, James does the same, and I do the same. Why are we able to differentiate between bullshit and not bullshit? Come on, tell me why. Because each of us have our own private bullshit detectors. (laughs) Okay. Fine. I stand. No, I don't mind. Honestly, Dan, all I'm saying is when you have the most corrupt FBI system, you have the corrupt just judicial system, you have a corrupt even your education, the the teachers union, corrupt to the nth degree. How do you expect to survive without a major reaction, a physical major reaction? You'll never be able to do it. Never. Right. This is an asymmetrical war. The, the Democrats are like Hamas. The Republicans like Israel. They have to be provoked to the nth degree before they react. Me, I don't do that. You provoke me, I'll cut your hand off in 10 seconds, and that's it, no more. That's it, no more provocation. Yeah, l- l- let me share with you, IQ and uh, Jim, uh, a comment from the guy I interviewed about the FBI and the, and the, and the government espionage. Yeah. He said that when a, a new president takes over, he or she has approximately 4,000 appointments. 
4,000 positions that have come under the authority of the president to make the appointment and at the higher level, they have to be approved by the Senate. 4,000. Yeah. He said that the people that were in all of the government agencies that were appointed to mid-level jobs without congressional approval by Obama <coughs> are now moving up to the higher level of control. And so the deep state, which is made up of the people who are in control of the bureaucrats, is going to be further and further populated by Obama supporters. And that it will be very difficult for Mr. Trump to get a lot of things done because the deep state will in fact block his way. And the only way, that, and, you, and because these are union jobs, you can't fire them. And I reminded him that while that's true, what the president can be empowered to do is a reduction of force. And so that they could go in and through a reduction in force, start cutting back dramatically on the tens of thousands of people who are bureaucrats who will work tirelessly to defeat whatever Trump might do. Well, the one thing that I find very interesting, and this is just more of a, you know, as 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 I always like to say, or or as or as I always like to say that Michael Savage originally said, is that it's a uh, it's basically a, a game of a club, and uh, you're not in it, uh, kind of thing. But you know, when when Biden took over, there was all these people that said, oh, all these evil doers that Trump put in there, these crazy people, all these crazy people. And then Biden left a whole bunch of them, like the post office guy. <laughs> they, <laughs> I, that guy, the guy they replaced that Trump put in there literally had no knowledge and does not have any clue how to run the post office. And everybody's like, well, Biden's going to get rid of him. Guy's still there. <laughs> I thought everybody was evil. Right. Bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah. Can't fire him. So I just, I, I just always find this amazing that they, 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 they talk about all these various things, or uh, they'll, they'll put people at the FCC, who, you know, like, like Trump's. Uh, I don't think it was Trump's. No, it might have been. Yeah, I think it was Trump's guy. Uh, Trump appointed a guy at the FCC because all the cable companies and you know, broadband providers and everybody, they wanted all that net neutrality out of there so they could throttle people's things and they could raise prices. They could do all this craziness. So Trump's like, okay, fine, whatever. They, they, they gave me a campaign contribution. They get what they want. And so they, they went ahead and put this guy in there who was running the FCC and he did exactly what they all wanted him to do. And then as soon as Biden got in there, they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of this guy. And Biden's going to put somebody else in. And Biden held some conference somewhere and said, I like this guy. He's doing a good job. So I'm like, OK, I guess he's not evil now. Because <laughs> Joe he's said been he's converted. <laughs> he's been converted. Yes. <laughs> he's seen the promised land and it's headed by Biden. 
That's right. I so just I think I think Jim, uh, and I appreciate what you're saying, but I think what's going on is that, and I heard somebody this morning on my uh, when I was listening to the pre-show on my morning radio show, and they were talking about that they think the pundits have got the numbers wrong. They've got they now got Trump. Pollsters got Trump 55, Biden 45. He's up on a nas- national presidential poll, not state or city, or it's just the national poll. He's up 10 points. And I, th- I would love to meet the 45% who think that he's been doing a good job because I don't think they're there. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And we're going to have, uh, we're going to have what could be the biggest landslide in history. One of the things that I thought was interesting was the the New Hampshire uh, results. While Trump was giving his speech, they ran the Democratic primary results at the bottom. (laughs) And uh, Ryden was beating Biden. And then they had uh, this other guy who is basically just spending a ton of his own money so he can run in a primary against Biden. And he's just... He should just go over to the window and throw the money out the window. He'd get a better return on investment. But um, some of it will blow back. <laughs> I'm thinking of the. I was thinking of the write-in, and I thought this has got to be Jake Uger. This has got to be a Young Turks tactic. This is Jake Uger. And so I type. I I did some research. No, it's Biden. What they did is they spread some rumor that New Hampshire was going to kick Biden off the ballot. Because Texas or whoever, Colorado had kicked Trump off their ballot. and New Hampshire was going to do this, so you had to go right in Biden. And so they had all these people went and right in, went and wrote him in. But they never took him off the ballot. And at one point, the right in was beating Joe Biden. And then at <laughs> one point, the Biden part was beating the right in. And I'm like, who are these people that are writing in me? <laughs> It it had to be people who were paid to go write him in. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> it's like the Demo- the Democrats made no bones that in 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 both New Hampshire and Iowa they were telling the Democrats because they were both an open caucus and an open primary go in there and vote for Nikki Haley so she gets a lot of votes so she can. Look like she's going to catch Donald Trump. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Rush did a Rush said and did a lot of things when he was alive, and one of the things that he kept talking about was Operation Chaos, which was exactly right. what that was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's you know, and and I I still there's there's something fundamentally wrong. When Nikki Haley thinks she can win South Carolina, now, what she's not saying is, because South Carolina is going to have two primaries. The first primary is in March, and it's a presidential preference primary. Okay. You can vote for who you want to have president, period. Nobody else. Okay. The regular primary will be in June. So I don't know which one she thinks she's going to win. But as of this morning, the presidential primary 
Nikki Haley was beating, was being beaten by Donald Trump by 31 points. Why would you want to go into the primary in your home state when your ass is getting kicked by 31 points? He doesn't care. What? That that has to be it. She's not there for the game. She is there to be obstructive. And that's exactly what she's intending to do. And even if she fails in this one, she will go to the jewel. You have a dysfunctional state called the United States of America. It's the United Socialist States of America. Except for where I live. Florida's good. Well, at least one state I'm going to dismiss out. That's your state. (laughs) (laughs) That's one state I'm going to dismiss out. Um, (laughs) Something that that I want to get, and and Dan, you may have already seen this in your email, but I interviewed a guy from uh, your friend and mine, uh, AJ, uh, from his office, I interviewed a guy today who, if you have not had a chance to interview him or schedule an interview, you need to. Okay. He is, let me see if I can find him here, R- Ronan, Ronan Samuel, I think might be his name. Uh, he is something, he, he is amazing. He is he is quote unquote running for the GOP nomination, of course, which he doesn't have, you know, he, he, he will admit he doesn't have a shot at doing this, but he markets himself, which is amazing to me because I always thought I was the only one that, that, that felt this way, but he marks it's him. He markets himself as a progressive conservative. It is the craziest deal because, like I told him, I said, you know, I think that everybody should own a gun and should be able to use a gun. And so that, in a lot of circles, makes me a concern. But I also have the attitude that people should have health care and that if you're a military veteran and you go overseas and you come back, and you put your time in, you shouldn't be living on the streets. You should be taken care of. And I said, in some circles, that has made people think that I'm a progressive. And so he starts talking about all these things. And the way he lays things out, he makes a great argument, but... I just find it amazing that he markets himself as a progressive conservative. <laughs> so if you get a chance, you need to get a hold of AJ and have this guy on your network. Okay, I'll do that. You would have a field thing. <laughs> I just think you would have a field day with this guy. All right. But uh, as we wrap up here, let's start with IQ. IQ, your thoughts on today's show? As usual, I told you a million times, when we are three of us together, it's the best combination. Because it's less fair. We can check any single item we want to discuss. I love it. So the show is excellent. That's it. Dan, back to you. Yes. Thank you. Um, the new book, Sad Eyes, which is available at Amazon, is doing well. And if there's a review that's coming out, I, my publisher told me about it. 
and this is, I'll, I'll do my best to quote it exactly. It's, quote, I don't understand how a 78-year-old man can write as a young woman and get it right, end of quote. <laughs> Excellent summation. She loved the The publisher said, I <clears throat> that was probably the finest review I've ever seen on any book, that, that they appreciated that a 78-year-old guy was good enough to be able to figure out to write like a young woman and pull it off. So that was fun. Um, I'm working with a, a friend of Jim's, Miss Lovelight. I still can't believe that's her last name, but yeah, I can't believe that 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 is, as Jim Cornette would say, her God-given Christian name. <laughs> anyway, she uh, she and I spent some time together this afternoon. Jim introduced me to her, and she's going to try and figure out how I can make some money off of my all of my networks and stuff. Uh, interesting lady. Um, and um, we're getting closer to the, the special offer of the new product that, that's going to be out there. Um, but uh, um, I'll, I'll give you a piece of information that will surprise you, and you'll understand why my new product would make sense there. Did you know non-military women in Israel can't own a gun. Really? Yep. Four and a half million women who are not in the military, it's almost impossible for them to get a deadly weapon. And yet, when they were attacked at the border and attacked at the, at the, the concert, they had nothing to defend themselves with. And I want to do something about that. And I want to do about a whole bunch of stuff and that's coming soon. So I'm excited. I, I've got more things to do now. So I, I need more ink and more paper. <laughs> well, uh, this has been fun. I, I look forward to uh, chatting with everybody next week. It is, uh, it is always fun. IQ, have yourself a wonderful day. And Dan, Thank you. Thank I will talk to you soon. Take care. You guys. Yes, sir. Take care that. of that scar there, IQ. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com, that's bwradionetwork.com, and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.